0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got bold and spicy predictions about the Wolf season that tips off tonight, plus eye-popping stats about the Vikings heading into their bye week. It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk.
1: Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now it's superior sports talk with Care Eleven sports anchor Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman. It's 30 minutes every day and it's all the Minnesota sports you need. It's superior sports talk and it starts
0: now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports, Minnesota. It's your daily... 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports, which you can now find streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Minnesota Sports app there as well. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on Care 11. Hump Day Reg, Wolves favored by 10 and a half in Vegas. Lots Whoosh. to get into, but first, remember follow along, Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, and on Twitter, give us a follow at Locked On. M-I-N, and remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. Tons of great choices over there too. You got the Ron Johnson Show, you got the Football Party, and more. It's your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Do us a favor, hit the subscribe button, and drop us a five-star review. Speaking of YouTube, every day, go post a new poll up on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube community page. Last week, I posed the question, who's the best overall lead on the Vikings team. Could be golf, tennis, basketball, any sport, any player, anytime. Who's the best? Four options. JJ, Dalvin Cook, Pat P, and Daniil Hunter. Here were the results. Dalvin, sorry bro, dead last, 6%. Daniil Hunter, 14%. Pat P, second place, 18%. And your winner, JJ, with an overwhelming 62%. Here's the thing, though, Rich. I may have screwed Mm -hmm. up when I posted those four players because half the comments said Adam Thielen needs to be in the discussion because I guess over the past few years, he's taken his golf game to a new level, is becoming a legit scratch golfer. Plus, apparently, and I didn't know this, he played college basketball as well at Mankato. Your quick thoughts on the poll.
1: Hey, look, that is that is uh indicative of Adam Thielen just being an all around right. athlete. You know, like how did this guy get overlooked like this? Luckily, Minnesota was smart enough to to grab this guy and he's developed into a top flight receiver in the league. But you know, look, JJ's the easy pick just because like he's mm-hmm. so good, we just believe he can do anything. <laughs>
0: No, you're not wrong. I mean, remember, go check out the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube page. Every day I'm posting a new poll. Hit the subscribe button there so you never miss a beat. And go comment. And let us know what you think. All right. To basketball we go. NBA season officially tipped off last night. Lakers got smoked by the Warriors. Wolves season starts tonight, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder. We've talked some Wolves all preseason, all offseason, and about their high expectation in what feels like – Maybe the most wide open, not just Western Conference, but NBA in years. So my question is, Reg, we saw what this team did last year making the playoffs. That was great. Mm-hmm. Now they bring in another all-star player. Who does Rudy Gobert impact the most for the Wolves?
1: I'm glad you asked that question, Mr. Spinman, because I have a story airing tonight uh, before the game on Care 11 about one guard named D'Angelo Russell. hmm so they've added a rolling big as Anthony Edwards said, and he and most of the team that we talked to, especially on media day, talked about how this trade specifically impacts d the most because he now has a rolling big. He can throw the lob up to, He can run the floor, dish two on the break. And d had a career high last year in assists this year if he takes his game up a notch and now he has this rolling big that he can play off the pick and roll with, like he can actually be uh, a force with Rudy and get Rudy in his spots offensively to make an impact on the floor and to, and to dominate the paint. You know, you already know what you're going to get from him on the defensive end, a fierce guy, like don't come through the lane. It's, it's SWAT time. He's, you know, Dikembe Mutombo out there, but, On the offensive end they feel like or rudy said that he feels like he has a little bit more to unlock in his offensive game and that's kind of scary when you think about it because you're just like they already have a lot of weaponry on the floor but if rudy can take his game offensively to a different level that's going to be really scary and if a guy like d is there to give him the ball and and put him in his spots to to really you know maximize his field goal percentage that can be a problem moving forward when you talk about this this Timberwolves team with expectations of a 55-plus win season and them trying to actually get out of the first round for the first time since 2004 in the playoffs. And so I think that's something that is something that you think about when when you see a, an addition like Rudy Gobert. They, they mm-hmm. get better on the defensive end, no doubt, because he's just a he's a rim protector. And he's also just a, a fierce shot blocker. Um, and also a great just defender in general, like he was, he was called on to do a little bit more in Utah than maybe they're going to ask him to do on the defensive end because they have guys who can defend the perimeter a little bit better. So he doesn't have to do that. He could focus a little bit more on the paint and lock that down. So that's going to be interesting. I still just want to know how this is going to work with him and Cat. Like, is Cat just going to be not in the paint at all? You know, because like, mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. a he's a guy that likes to step out and, and pick and pop that three. Is he just going to continue to just stand by on the perimeter? Is he going to, you know, be on the elbow and maybe Rudy clears out? Like, how is this going to work in a league where they have really gone small like you look at the warriors winning the championship with kevon looney at the five kevon looney is like six foot nine and then you have you know sometimes they had draymond playing the five in that Mm -hmm. quote-unquote death lineup draymond's six 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 seven so it's just like in a league that's going small small ball you kind of look at what the grizzlies did to the wolves last year in the playoffs going big with with brandon clark and jaron jackson and you're like, oh, wow, like maybe maybe going big could actually work. But it just remains to be seen. Seven years of those guys being foes on the court. And now they got to play nice together and find a way to make this thing work. It's two bigs being on the floor at the same time.
0: Yeah, you look at where D'Lo's at in his career. Definitely, this is a make it or break it year. Contracts up at the end of the year. He seems like the big wild card of this big four right now. How about Chris Finch mm-hmm. though? He's a well-regarded coach. Now he has all the pieces of the puzzle, but it's still his job to see how the pieces fit best together. Talking about rotating these big four in maybe groups of two at times. We'll see how all that pans out over the long haul. Plus. The chemistry factor that's a big change zigging as the nba zags going small ball as you already mentioned so how long does that whole thing take to find the rhythm and chemistry can they hit the ground running out the gate versus what seems like a pretty nice soft schedule these first four weeks obviously yeah. the players are impacted the most by the rudy gobert trade but maybe nobody more than coach chris finch who's the one who has all the pressure to make it all work now next one Reg, bold prediction time. Season starts tonight. Give me one spicy take on the Wolves season. And not that honey barbecue or parmesan garlic. Give me at least like Asian thing. What? I love honey barbecue. I need spice, though, today. It's season opener for the Wolves. Give me one bold
1: prediction. Spicy. Fine. Uh, You ready for this? Bring it, baby. The Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, will have an MVP season. Ooh. Ooh. How about that? How about that?
0: I like that, man. That? I don't know what the odds are. Maybe eight to one, ten to 1, 12 to one. Probably good value out there for sure. Maybe even more, fifteen to one. We should check that out. But that's a spicy one for sure. Did you see real yeah. quick?
1: Did you see? Um, I think it was Dame Moore uh, tweeted out. So you know, Cat, had, had, the Cat yeah. had the illness.
0: Cat had the illness,
1: and mm-hmm. he lost uh, a lot of weight. Yes. And they had the the weight listed yesterday with the wolves. Carl Anthony Towns is two hundred and thirty eight pounds, Ant is two hundred and thirty nine pounds. Like, Stop how in it. the world does Ant weigh more than Cat right now? You kind of look at Ant and he bulked up over the uh, the off season, but you know, I, I got a friend who you know, shout out to my my boy John, but he thinks that Ant is out of shape, and I told him, I'm like, no, like Ant said that he is in the best shape that he has been coming into a a season and he tried like him him bulking up him being you know heavier was on purpose and he was just like well it might have been on purpose but by the time thanksgiving rolls around he'll be down to about 220 or so and i get that because they do a lot of running and all that stuff but i think he wanted to you know put on some muscle so he can bang so he could you know gain the advantage offensively and defensively and really kind of take his game to the next level with the explosiveness that he has in his game, but also adding some more strength to his frame so that he could stand up, you know, over the course of, of a game to game and the full 82. And I think that's something that's impressive. If he can develop consistency with his shot and with Cat and Rudy kind of doing their thing, if he can kind of freelance and, and really kind of do his own thing and and create for himself and, and just kind of do it all. Like, I think it could be scary hours for, opposing teams with Anthony Edwards this year. I really do.
0: Yeah, he said James Harden was the guy he watched and wanted the same physicality and was the big reason behind putting on more weight. He said, you know what? The hardest part of it, it's not the lifting weights working out. It's giving up the Popeyes and McDonald's after the game. That's what was most brutal. That was a spicy take. Edwards for MVP. Here's mine. Wolves are going to average 120 points per game because think about it. They averaged almost 115 last year. Now they had Rudy, who who was six in the entire NBA in offensive rebounding. Cha-ching! More shots, more points. Plus the scoring in the league, have you noticed? It's just been up a little bit over the last few years. I think averaging 120, I don't think it's out of the question by any means. You want one more really spicy blazing prediction? I'm going to up the ante. You said Edwards was going to be MVP. The Wolves will win 60 games and be the number one seed in the West. I said it. There it is. Most talented. Did you see the Warriors MP. last night? Yeah, they're starting off the gate hot. That's fine. Let them do what they want to do. That's fine. But this roster is the most talented and deep roster in the league, at least in the Western Conference, in my opinion. So that's what I got. All right. Last one up as we wrap up some Wolves talk. Give me the total win prediction for this team. Remember, they won, what, 46 games last year? How about this season? What's your expectations?
1: I'm sticking with, you know, they they won 46. I'm I'm sticking with um Fifty five, fifty six. I think you know Rudy's good for for at least ten plus more wins. Um, you look at some of those games that they should have won last season that they didn't, and I think you know Rudy Rudy helps them get at least ten or so more wins this year. Wow. So I, I see them about about 55 56
0: i like that a lot of fans love to hear that a lot of optimism a lot of excitement vegas is always scary freaky accurate at this stuff they only got them at 48 and a half wins only two three more Hmm. wins than last year so that's interesting i think a Hmm. lot of fans smashing the over on that one wolf season starts tonight right here backyard target center taking on the thunder tip off 7 p.m central standard time rest assured Reggie and I will be back tomorrow to break it all down. Make sure you're checking out CARE 11 and that sit-down. I'm sure Reggie brought the heat with D'Angelo Russell tonight up on CARE 11 as well. Coming up next, we're going through some wild and crazy Viking stats and what the focus should be during their bye week of rest. But first, Vikings now 12-1 to win the Super Bowl after that 5-1 start with a two-game lead in the division over the Green Bay Packers. Make sure to keep tabs all season long and check those odds out and more with Bet online. BetOnline.net fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games stats news info you want it they got it NFL MLB NBA even UFC and MMA BetOnline makes betting easy and is your number one source for all your betting needs go to BetOnline.net today to learn more that's BetOnline.net it's where the game starts and remember When you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron, they talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk. And the Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. Drop us a five-star review, or you can find our videos on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, Hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, let us know what you think. And you can now find us streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just download our Locked On Sports Minnesota app and enjoy all our content and daily shows for free at your fingertips any day, anytime. All right to football we go we talked yesterday about vikes possible trade scenarios with the deadline approaching nothing really too realistic when it comes to any major moves forecasted. remember quasi already made his two big trades he added ross blacklock jalen rager former first and second round pick however i don't know if you saw this Yesterday, they made a very interesting move. They waived wide receiver Blake Prohl, and they didn't add another player, meaning they have an open roster spot. They must be planning on doing something with here soon. The speculation, of course, in Vikings <laughs> country is Odell Beckham Jr., who's set to return to action, currently a free agent, signing with a new team, could be the player they're waiting to announce considering he has serious ties with Kevin O'Connell in L.A. They won a Super Bowl together just last year. On top of the fact the Vikes cut a wide receiver of all positions in Blake Pearl. So I'll just say this, Reg, my first gut reaction thought is Vikes don't need another wide receiver, in my opinion, because I like J.J. Thielen and Osborne. But I guess the more I think about it through six games, this 11 personnel hasn't exactly been dominant like we thought they would with the, yeah, there'll be three 1,000-yard receivers, the best three wide receiver tandem in the league, et cetera, et cetera. And in the NFL, unless you got some crazy depth, you're always just one injury away from being in really a tough spot. If any of the three were to go down, they could be in trouble. So what do you think? Could happen, legit possibility. Are you team OBJ? If not, why do you think they cut Blake Broll and left a spot open? They must have a plan to make a move for someone. What's your thoughts?
1: I think they might just be playing the field. I think they might just be, you know, um, we used to have a saying back in the day. It's like, let me see what I can see. You know, let me let me see what 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 I can what I can see here, and I think that's probably one of the things that's going on. I just can't see them signing OBJ. Like, for one, I don't know if there's enough footballs to go around. You know, like mm-hmm. KJ Osborne, as good as he is, like he really in that last game against the Dolphins, you really didn't see much from him, and it wasn't because like he's not good. It's just in offense with Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, like, and Irv Smith and Johnny Munt, I guess. I think the the problem is, is trying to get the ball to each and every one of those guys. And then sometimes I feel like, sometimes I feel like Kirk Cousins kind of locks in on some guys. Like, Sunday, he seemed to be favoring Thielen more. Justin Jefferson ended up having more yardage on Sunday, but he seemed to be looking at Thielen quite a bit. I think he was he was targeted more than Justin Jefferson was, even though Jefferson had the most production. But he seemed to – it was like his security blanket. Like back in the day when Romo got in trouble, he would throw to his blankie, Jason Witten. I think <laughs> – I think Cousins was looking a, a lot at Thielen on Sunday. And so, I, look – adding a guy like OBJ definitely would open up the offense a little bit more because it's like, dang, who do we double? Who do we, you know, right. who do we Pick guard? And now you got one-on one-on-one matchups all over the field, whether it's Thielen, whether it's it's JJ or Osborne. I know if if they would <laughs> go down that path with OBJ, Jalen Rager would be like, hold on, man, so that's all I'm here to do is just yeah, catch wait a minute. Like, I can, I can catch footballs too and – and do gadget plays? That's all you got for me is gadgets and, and punt returns? Like, it's like, okay, dude, do your job on those. Like, we haven't seen anything eye-popping yet from you out of the the punt return, so maybe just focus on that. But I think what's interesting is, you know, they, they drafted Jalen Naylor. You know, he's had one catch this year, and it was not even from Kirk Cousins. It was from Ryan Wright, the punter. And so, like, you would think that wide receiver would not be the – the The position that they're looking for, but you know anytime you could add a premium talent like o b j you know with the connection that he has to k o c and justin jefferson um patrick Peterson, you know the l s u connection there, you know you're like, okay, maybe, but i think the the bigger thing is like maybe they're just leaving that roster spot up maybe they they see something that that it could be coming up the pike or could be coming down the pike and they're like "Eh, uh let's keep a roster spot open and see what happens um moving forward you know everybody keeps talking about you know sue he's still Mm -hmm. sitting out Mm -hmm. there you know maybe it could be something like that but we you know we just don't know it's just funny because like this is just a time where man the nfl just proves to be king man the chiefs restructured Travis Kelsey's contract to create $4 million in in cap space. That happened on Saturday before the game started, but it just kind of caught wind yesterday. So people were like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Are the Chiefs going to trade for Christian McCaffrey? Or, like, what are they doing? And then Josina Anderson <sighs> is imagine? like, oh, it, it only just made room for a practice squad elevation that they right. made before the game on right. Sunday. And everybody's just like, oh. It's <laughs> so like it could just be something like that maybe you know they're signing someone for depth purposes or something like that and they just wanted to make some room but i, I don't know it, it it it's tough because you you thought that they were pretty high on blake pro and then you know they they wave them and now you're just like what's gonna happen i don't believe it'll be obj but we'll see stranger things have happened
0: No, you're right. I mean, nine out of 10 times I say, no way. It's a pipe dream. It ain't happening. But I keep going back to that connection with KOC. The guys Mm -hmm. just won a Super Bowl together. The cap situation would be a little difficult, but I know Kwesi could figure that out. And then obviously, Mm -hmm. again, like you said, adding a premier player at a skill position is never a bad thing, especially when you look at the start. They're 5-1. and Maybe they're looking at this and going, hey, you know what? maybe we can kind of go all in here this year. We're five and one. Maybe we try to take advantage of it with a little one-year rental deal with OBJ. Although you brought up a great point. They did bring in Jalen Rager, and he seems like a guy who could eventually grow into that wide receiver three role himself too. So we'll have to wait and see. Last one here. Is there one crazy or kind of just wild off the wall stat you've seen from this Viking team that has just kind of caught your eye or blew you away? Could be good stat or a bad stat either way.
1: I think one thing that that was really interesting that didn't really catch you during the games but then you look at it and look PFF is not the holy bible okay but mm-hmm. it is a really good barometer of what is going on right and so what's crazy is Zadarius Smith is the PFF leader in in rating through the first six games of the season, and you're just like, would he be Ooh. of
0: anybody? Of just like yeah. overall rating? What? Yeah, wow. He has oh he gosh. has
1: elevated himself because of the pressures, because mm-hmm. of of his production so far, and it's just like you know, this is a guy that isn't necessarily someone who is like eye popping on the on the screen. You know, like the, the guy has 15 combined tackles. Five and a half sacks. Huh. Five and a half sacks. That is something. That is something. Mm-hmm. I think that it's not that it's been quiet. You know what I mean? Not that it's been quiet, yeah. but but it's something that, that is tough. Like you look at it, the four best grades from this past game with mm-hmm. the Dolphins, Zadarius Smith had a ninety two. A ninety two. I'm so surprised think, he's
0: higher than Micah Parsons because he's known as the stud around the league nationally.
1: No, no, no. Um, so on the, the Vikings. You, you, oh, on the Vikings. On the,
0: okay, you said overall. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, was I mean, overall I was like, Holy on the team. Smokes. My bad. Yeah, overall on okay. the Vikings.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has the best PFF rating on the Vikings. Like he's mm-hmm. overtaken Christian Dariusaw. Like, wow. He's the he's the guy, and it's mm-hmm. just interesting because like he, it's not quiet, but it's just you you haven't. I don't think there's been a game where you're just like, oh, dang, this dude is she dominating. But yeah. you look at it and you're like, dang, he he has five and a half sacks this season. And you're just like, oh, okay, well, uh, I guess he is kind of taking over. But it's well, it, it's been like bit by bit. It hasn't been like, you know, it, it, with Micah Parsons, in his case, you're like, oh, wow. Like, like you could, like you he pops out on the yeah. screen. But with Zedarius, you're just like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and then you look down, and you're like, "Oh, he had a pretty productive." It's kind of like Jordan Hicks. Like, you don't really like see him or hear him all that often, but like you look down at the stat sheet, and oh yeah, he just had like 15 tackles today. No, no big deal. Like, no big deal. And I think that's probably one of the more eye popping stats that I've seen um, right now. What also is is an eye popping stat. I was reading uh, ESPN's Kevin Seifert. Great, great NFL writer. By the way, mm-hmm. the Vikings lead the NFL with 59 points in the final four minutes before halftime. How about that? And and, and it's, where it's... were
0: they ranked under Zimmer in 2020 and 2021? <laughs> dead last. They go from Yikes. dead last to first place. That is unbelievable. That's what. Well, because that's incredible.
1: Because it's like it's like in the past. They get conservative. Like, as time goes down in a half, mm-hmm. they, they get conservative. Like, they're trying to either, you know, nurse their lead or just stand pat. And it seems like, you know, if you leave KOC 20 seconds on the clock, he's going to at least try to go get three. You know, like, he's like, uh-uh. Like, we we got some time. We need to go get some points. As and he that's should. just so different. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just so different from what we've seen. And so right. different from, you know, I love when these coaches get aggressive. Brandon Staley might be a little too aggressive to his yes, own yes. detriment sometimes, yeah. a lot of times. But I like when coaches are aggressive like this because it just it pushes the needle. And also it just excites the fan base and it excites anybody who's watching as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zadarius had that great game to open the season against his former team, Rodgers. Think he had a sack and a half, maybe two. A lot of pressures. And then he had a great game last week against the Dolphins. But in between there, it seems like it's been kind of quiet. But he sandwiched those games with two great games. Unfortunately, the guy who hasn't been that great, according to PFF, kind of opposite of Zedarius, has been Eric Kendricks in coverage specifically. Out of 54 linebackers, he ranks 52nd. And when you think Eric Kendricks, what do you think pass coverage linebacker one of the best in the business? Great Roman back there, one handed interceptions, always good for a handful of interceptions every year. Uh, to see him mm-hmm. struggle in this new 3 4 tells you, all right, just like Donatelle said with Hunter, maybe this is just what it kind of looks like right away because you know, he his talent just didn't fall off a cliff. He's not the 52nd ranked linebacker in the league when it comes to pass coverage. Hopefully, during this bye week, they start to figure things out. That's the bad news. Good news is. ESPN comes out with that run, block, pass, block, win rate every week. Vikings Mm -hmm. have four of their five offensive linemen ranked in the top 10 in one of those two categories. Christian Derisaw, second best offensive tackle in run block win rate. Brian O'Neill, fourth best tackle in the entire league in pass block win rate. Bradbury's the eighth best center in run block win rate. And even Ed Ingram now is in the top 10 at number 10 in run block win rate. So as bad as he's been at times in pass blocking, he's been outstanding in run blocking. So that's fun to say. Vikings fans haven't had a great offensive line blocking up front in a long time. Vikings enjoy a much-needed week of rest before coming back. Back in week eight and taking on the cardinals at home at the bank versus kyler murray and a fresh deandre hopkins coming off his suspension rest assured reggie and i will be back breaking it all down every day all week right here on superior sports talk all right time for one quick one i'm putting reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean for- it's time to tell us what does it mean first one up Vikings are five and one however ranking the bottom tiers in multiple categories what does it mean you'd like to see them fix the most during this bye week
1: uh I, and I mentioned it yesterday it to me it has to be these offensive lulls and so mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you look at the defense and the struggles that they've had you know momentum is a heck of a thing in sports. And sometimes when you're just looking on the defense to just carry the team when the offense is struggling, sometimes that can be a daunting task. And I think if the offense can find a little bit more consistency, I think the complementary football can be a little bit better for this team because now you're talking about them sustaining drives, them talk, you know, you're talking about them scoring more points. And when that is the case, the defense can kind of pin their ears back And really get after the quarterback, they can be a little bit more aggressive, take some more chances and and really kind of step on the gas, put their foot on the gas against these teams. And so if the offense can sustain a little bit more drives, I do think that that has a direct effect on how the defense plays. And then if you're talking about them playing sorry. And then if you're talking about them playing complimentary football like this, now you're talking about a team that gives you a little bit more confidence that they can make some noise. With this NFL year just seemingly wide open, I think you look at the Bills, you look at the Chiefs, you look at the Eagles, maybe the Cowboys. You look at some of these teams like, okay, they're doing fine. But if you put the Vikings up against some of these other teams in the NFC, I think they have the most talent. And if they can play this complimentary football that you see in their future, I think they could be scary and they can make some noise in the NFC.
0: Yeah, can't top that one. That's the number one focus for sure for me as well. But red zone defense, 31st in the league in allowing touchdowns when opposing offenses get down in the red zone, only ahead of the Las Vegas Raiders. The last three games, seven trips for opposing offenses down in the Vikings red zone, they've allowed seven touchdowns. Only team to allow a 100% conversion rate. Once teams get down in the red zone, they're allowing too many touchdowns. We got used and spoiled to that Mike Zimmer, Bemba don't break defense. And at times this defense has been really strong, but specifically lately down in the red zone, they're allowing way too many touchdowns and not forcing those field goals. All right. That's hmm. a wrap today. Back tomorrow. Breaking down more Vikes, Timberwolves, NFL. Remember, like, rate, review and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. We're a podcast too, free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five star review and find us now streaming on your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick devices. Just look out for our Locked On Sports Minnesota app there as well. That's the man, Reggie Wilson, on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. Check him out tonight with the sit down with D'Angelo Russell up on Care Eleven. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer Matt De Brits. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed, spread love today.